This week, we discuss the decline in TV services used by viewers, the Disney Plus password sharing crackdown, prime video ads, and the cable ad revenue decline. Listen on to learn more. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News and Colin Dixon from Endscreen Media joins me as always. Hey there, Colin. How is everything? You're back from uh, Amsterdam and London. I am back from my jaunt to Amsterdam and I also spent some time in London. Uh, had some really interesting meetings in both places. A great trip. really enjoyed it and uh, also very glad to be back at home. Excellent. Well, we, as you mentioned there at the top, we have a number of uh, stories that have hit our radar this week. And uh, as we uh, tend to do from time to time, we're going to do what we call an around the horn, which means we're going to cover four different stories that caught our attention. And I believe you are going to get us started with the new TiVo data. Yeah, the the TiVo data, I think probably people heard um, in the in the news feeds, they were reporting a lot about the fact that the number of services we were using has actually declined. Um, but there's some interesting de- detail there, which I'll get to in just a second. So what TiVo says were, was that in Q2 2022, we were using 9.9 services, and that increased six months later to 11.6. A pretty big increase that was. But six months later in Q2 2023, it actually fell 0.7 to 10.9. And the interesting thing here, Will, is that this really came out of the the decrease came out of paid services. They actually fell from 7.6 at the end of last year to 6.9. So that whole 0.7 decline pretty much came out of paid services. Actually, the number of unpaid services increased just slightly from 3.9 to 4.0. But what's really interesting here, Will, is... It was a small increase in the unpaid, but there was a much bigger increase in the time spent with those services. I think that was also quite widely reported that we were spending more time with the services that we had. Um, And that that is absolutely true. There was a 4% increase in the share of SVOD, but there was a 6% increase in share of Avod Fast and Social Media, according to TiVo. So SVOD is about 30.7% and the Avod Fast social video was 28.3%. So, you know, that's a pretty big increase. And all of the decrease in all of the losses in time spent was pretty much through pay TV, which declined 7%. And now get this, according to TiVo, we are pay TV absorbs less time than AVOD, Fast and Social, and SVOD. 28.1 versus 28.3 versus 30.7%. So I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. So those are the things that are kind of widely reported. And I was trying to figure out some of the detail from the data world. And, and one of the things that really seems to be impacting things here, I think, is price rises. So uh, if you look at the data, the average Comcast cable TV customer got an 18% increase at the beginning of this year. 
We know that Disney Plus is increasing the cost of its service. It increased ad-free viewing by $3 in December of last year. And it, you know, it really looks like people are not sticking around with those services, or at least certainly not with pay TV. But the interesting thing is the amount of time we spent actually increased. According to TiVo, it went from 4.4 hours per day to 4.7 hours a day. So that I thought was pretty interesting. So we're spending more time. And, you know, this data again suggests to me that it's the fasts that are really picking up the extra viewership here. And it totally makes sense when you think about it, Will. We know we've talked about on the podcast that people like Disney and Discovery, they're cutting back on the content in their services. They're increasing the price. So, you know, cutting if you cut back on the content, then it makes sense that people are going to spend less time with you, not more time. And, of course, the writer's strike has had an impact here too. So that really sort of came out pretty clearly for me. The thread in the TiVo data was this dynamic where it's switching from paid services to now to fast services. They're really picking up a lot of viewership and there's tremendous investment continuing. This virtuous cycle that's driving the growth of fasts is continuing. You know, they're getting more viewership that allows them to pay for more content so increase do we see increases in originals but they're also adding a bunch more channels um freebie added i think eight channels this week and i saw that samsung added a whole bunch of content from fee for, from film rise last week so there's just more content showing up in those fast channels and that price the price is right right free so anyway that's that, that's sort of the top line of the data that really I saw in the TiVo report. Right. So it sort of stands to reason that the, um, you know, as you said, that as prices continue to go up for SVOD services and the number of fast and the quality of fast services improves, that there's going to be some shifting. And um, the TiVo data seems to support that. And I assume that you believe that that trend is going to continue. I, I really do, Will. Um, everything, as I say, more content is coming into the fasts. And it's an interesting thing. You know, one of the things that shows up in survey after survey, not just in the TiVo data, but generally, is that people still love to binge. They love to binge. Well, guess what? Fasts, there's a big increase in these single IP channels, these channels that are devoted to a single show, Midsummer Murders, The Price is Right, etc., etc., you know, um, Baywatch. So these are classic binge channels, right? You can put these channels on and you can watch back to back episodes, just like you can do it in SVOD service. You can watch back to back episodes on, on these virtual channels. And TiVo Data actually says, those those channels are really beginning to attract a lot of a lot of viewing. So they say that twenty eight percent of viewing of the fast services is now to these binge channels, uh, versus thirty two percent to genre channels and twenty two percent to news. So, you know, fast are beginning to leverage a habit that we learn in our SVOD viewing. So I think that this all bodes really well. I think we'll see continued growth at least for the next six months, maybe a year in the usage of these services. 
I think that's right, Colin. And we'll be looking for more data that supports those trends, that forecast as well. I'm sure we're going to see it. Yeah, yeah, you bet. But hey, uh, we have more data about what Disney is up to, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly fitting to what you just described and what's going to be happening to SVOD services. Uh, word started leaking out this week that um, Disney Plus notified its Canadian subscribers that uh, it was going to start imposing the inability to share passwords outside of a residence uh, beginning November 1st. And that's basically the same. Well, they they messaged that they were planning to do this back in their uh, earnings report in August. So we all knew that this was coming. This is not a surprise, uh, but they really hadn't said much about what their plans were, their uh, timing, their geographies. Um, so this was the first, I believe, that we saw is now happening in Canada as of November 1st. And it follows to, I think, what Netflix has done. So, you know, again, the idea is that a household is defined as a geographical entity, not as an extended uh, number of people who may be related, but live in, in uh, you know, various uh, areas. Netflix had also introduced the idea of setting up these kind of, quote, sub-accounts um, for those that didn't live within the house. Uh, apparently, Disney Plus did not specifically mention that, so it's not exactly clear kind of what their policy is going to be on that. But I think, you know, stepping back, we're going to be seeing more uh, SVOD services implement this rule. It's uh, this policy. It's a way for them to generate more subscribers, certainly, but we also know that it takes some value away from the underlying subscriber, and that could indeed lead to churn, so, a heightened churn, I should say. So it remains to be seen, but the Disney plan now looks like it's getting rolled out. It's underway. Yeah, and they didn't announce pricing for what those extra houses will be, and they didn't tell us how many extra houses you could add. So it's, we're kind of in the same situation we were before Netflix actually rolled it out because it didn't give us much details to start. But uh, I should note that we will be seeing price rises in Disney products, as I think I mentioned in the previous previous discussion, in the fall. I think... A, the ad-free viewing of Disney Plus goes up another $3 after being increased $3 last year. So that's a $6 increase in less than 12 months uh, for Disney Plus if you want to watch ad-free. Uh, so there's that. But uh, boy, Hulu, the price difference between watching ad-free and with ads has, is going to $10. It's going to cost you $17.99 a month for Hulu come the, the end of the year if you want to watch without ads uh, versus $7.99 with ads. So the the, the misery for uh, Disney Plus <laughs> streamers, if you want to watch ad-free, now you can't share the password with your, with your family members outside of your home. It's not cheap anymore. Yeah, and that $10 differential for Hulu suggests that they are making at least $10, if not more, uh, from ads to bring the ad-supported service up to parity. And it's probably more profitable as well. That, that incremental $10 probably has high, carried higher margin. So uh, I wonder if we're going to see more of that going forward. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's almost guaranteed. I mean, certainly looking at the TiVo data, they talked a lot about the fact that really the majority of people are pretty happy watching ads, particularly if they save money doing so. So since there is such, there's such huge price difference between ad-free and ad-included ad viewing, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to switch to the ad-included plan, I think, Will. So it'll probably work you know, just as they are play, planning it. Uh, but I guess, you know, we'll have to wait and see exactly what the results are. Well, speaking of ads included, we did not get a chance to talk about the next story uh, that we're going to cover last week when it came up, but we agree that it's an important one, and that is this pretty major change that Amazon is going to uh, be implementing in the Prime Video Service. That's right. Uh, Although you might be a little confused with this if you are a Prime Video user uh, because you've probably already been seeing ads in some of the content you've been watching. Uh, Come 2024, early in the year, Amazon says that unless you pay extra, you are going to start seeing ads in everything. Now, they say it's going to be a fairly low amount of ads. They say they're going to have sort of competitive with what's going on in the industry. Uh, Now, what does that mean? Well, it means you're probably not going to see cable TV loads, which are about 14 to 16 minutes per hour, but maybe not as low as Max, which is showing four minutes or less, maybe more like Disney Plus or Netflix, which is showing about five minutes or less per hour, something I would expect it to be something in that range. But you are going to start seeing ads unless you're prepared to pay an additional $2.99 a month. So the way this would work, if you're signed up for Prime, then you are actually going to have to opt to start paying $2.99 extra a month to watch ad free. And that will be billed directly to you through, I guess, the cards that you have registered with Amazon. Now, I don't know about you, Will, but I was I read this pretty carefully and, and I wasn't exactly sure what watching ad-free or ad-loaded meant. First, as I mentioned, people are probably already a bit confused about what's going on in here because Freevee is so closely integrated now with Prime Video that when you do your searches and you know, you're know you browsing for content, it's sometimes kind of hard to tell when you're picking Freevee content, which includes ads, or Prime Video, which does not. So that's probably got you foxed. And in a way, doing this makes it simpler. You're always going to see ads, right? But now, if you pay $2.99 to not see ads, does that mean that you are going to continue in this confused situation where sometimes you see ads from the freebie content and sometimes you don't with the Prime Video content? Or does that mean you actually get to see the freebie content without ads as well? I can tell you that obviously that would be a lot more interesting to me. I'm, I usually opt, if I like a service, I usually opt for it to be ad-free. Um, but it'd be, I, it's going to be kind of confusing because if you specifically pay $2.99 to not see ads and you're still seeing ads in some of the content inside of Prime Video, I have a feeling that this is going to be, that Amazon may well get some pushback by doing this, um, you know, people really haven't had the option to make a choice before. Now they will. Uh, I know for one, I would be 
a little upset if I'm paying for no ads and I continue to see them. They did uh, exempt one area, which is they said in the sports, in the live sports that we see, you are continue going to continue to see ads. And I think people generally, they understand why that that's going to happen because those ads are sort of built in for the TV audiences. So that they're, they're going to continue to see them in whatever it is they're watching. But anyway, that that I think could be quite important um, quite confusing for the users of Prime Video. So I'll sort of pause there. There's one other point that I thought was kind of interesting, but I'll pause there for your for your comments. Yeah, no, I well, first of all, I agree. I think the freebie content, how they treat that is meaningful. It would be jarring to, I think, somebody who's paid the $3 extra per month thinking that they're going to have an ad-free experience to start having ads popping up when they're watching freebie content. So my, my hunch is that who knows, but that the freebie content will be ad will be made ad free. Yeah, I really think that Amazon is going to do better than Netflix and Disney Plus with ads when they launch this. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, the first reason is one that is unmatched by any other SVOD provider in the market. And that is this huge amount of purchasing data that Amazon has on its users that it can directly connect to prime video usage. They can deliver attribution to an uh, and action to an advertiser like nobody else in the business. And that I think is going to make placing an ad in the marvelous Miss Maisel uh, much, much more interesting to an advertiser than pretty much any other platform. The second reason I think they're going to do really well is that they are already well set up for this. I mentioned Freevee that's been active now. It was the IMBD TV and now it's Freevee. So they have tons of experience with delivering ads in, in video in that they are also, listen, they're already an $11 billion a quarter business in advertising. Uh, so they've already developed extensive relationships with advertisers so unlike netflix which pretty much started from ground zero less than a year ago and disney plus who only really had abc to, and abc to fall back on the experience with abc when it started doing ads amazon is coming from this from a place of deep experience in the advertising market so those are two reasons why I really think that uh, Amazon is going to do pretty well in advertising. And that's obviously one reason why they're doing it, because they think they can get a pretty decent bump in that 11 billion a quarter that they're earning through placing these ads here. Yeah, totally concur with you on that, Colin. As you said, they have a huge and growing ad business um, that has been well reported on. And uh, for good reason, because those ads um, have a high ROI uh, for advertisers. So bring the ad model now into Prime, where there's uh, obviously a whole lot of viewership that's been built over the years, seems like a ready-made place for those ads to run. And uh, I think advertisers are going to respond positively. So I, I, yeah. I, I do agree with you. I think there's a, a big opportunity here for Amazon. I just, you know, I just wonder what this is going to do to Prime membership and usage of Prime Video. Well, it's it's really Amazon is completely unique in the industry, right? Because 
people typically don't pay for Prime Video. It's really going to be interesting to see how this impacts usage. I, I just can't wait to see that. That'll be fascinating. But anyway, I think it's probably time for us to move on to our last article. Yeah, and then just, again, um, one last one on uh, advertising this week is that uh, there was um, a report from S&P Global Market Intelligence forecasting that uh, ad revenue, national ad revenue, TV ad revenue for cable TV networks are, is going to drop by another 5% this year to $22.4 billion, um, and that's on top of the 3.4% decline uh, from last year, uh, from two years ago to last year. So S&P also said that they foresee this national ad revenue for cable networks dropping below 20 billion by 2027. So it's not off a cliff, but it's certainly a kind of slow melting iceberg. And, you know, they're really attributing this to the fact that uh, cord cutting continues and that Per the most recent deal between Charter and Disney, uh, a bunch of the smaller niche Disney cable networks uh, were not included in the deal. And S&P sees that as being kind of a template for future deals, uh, how they're going to be struck. So the only bright spot they said is actually in sports TV, uh, sports cable networks, which uh, they said they saw revenue grow by a little less than 3% um, in the past year, and that it'll be, you know, kind of moderating going forward. So uh, a lot of stuff happening in the cable TV network land. Yeah, this was, this this piece was really interesting, Will, because I, I got a feeling that they're right on the money with this, the fact that this impacts niche cable networks much more you know totally right about uh, Disney dropping many of its niche networks from the deal it did with Charter and that's a sort of uh, that'll be duplicated with other providers but there's another reason why I think cable operators will will feel emboldened to do this and that's because some of them are adding fast channels and they rather than actually paying for those channels they are they are earning revenue from them because they get a cut of the advertising so they don't have to pay license fees and they get a cut of the advertising which is uh, to me a way better deal than they're getting with these marginal channels so this is just another sign that I think the the, pay, the traditional pay TV model of paying license fees for content and uh, and then charging high subscription fees for for it to consumers it continues to erode and the the S and P data really seems to suggest that it's going to erode a lot more coming forward uh, out to twenty twenty seven. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, we've covered a ton of ground here today, Colin. A lot of ground today. So any final thoughts or should we wrap it at that? I think we're pretty much done for this week. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much exhausted with all of this, with all of the data, and I'm sure our listeners are too. Fair enough. Well, we'll leave it at that then, Colin. Good chatting, and we'll see everybody again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of In Screen Media and Video News. All rights reserved.